on the grind boxing the world's number one boxing podcast Now your host, Chuck Green. Well, OTG fam, look at all the people clogging up the phone lines this morning. Sure was a hell of an exciting fight last night. That is, if you're a Vasily Lomachenko fan. Now, Nicholas Walters fans, you probably still haven't got your face unsuperglued from your palm. I feel for you. Actually, I feel for all of boxing when they expect it. About between two gladiators. By the way, this is the world's number one boxing podcast coming to you each and every Sunday morning live with the freshest off the press wrap up there is straight over into the pod waves right from our hearts and our minds and our eyes to you, the on the ground boxing family. Thank you for making us number one for what's it been now? Almost it's been over eight, almost nine years starting it off here. And this is what we like to do these days. Check the archives for interviews with everybody in boxing before anybody heard of them. Until they became the champ, some of the greatest, most colorful personalities in sports broadcasting are found on this show. Check them out. Get attached. Get angry. Hate them. Send them nasty mail. I don't care. It just saves me a step that I don't have to discipline. Anyhow, Walters Lomacheco, back to the fight ahead. Back to the fight of the day, the hour of the week, what people are going to be talking about. And really, what they're going to be talking about is just how good is Vasily Lomachenko. What they're going to be talking about is how high should he rank in the pound for pound list. What they're going to be talking about is how long will it be until Lomachenko ends up in the ring with a superstar or when he meets another fighter like him on the cusp of superstardom where they have a date with destiny and a star comes out. Can it be a Terrence Bud Crawford fight? Can it be a fight with the established Manny Pacquiao, who some, and I'm just going to piss off the on-the-ground boxing family, not because you hate people, not because it's all personal to you like Kevin Blatt and Max Kellerman and your love for Andre Ward. No, 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 no. It has, it has nothing to do with those type of feelings. Why you might hate it is because you vehemently disagree. You think there's no way in hell, no matter what a guy like Dan Raphael says or any of the other talking heads, you say there's no way Manny Pacquiao is number one on welterweight. Well, Dan Raphael says he is. I respect the man's opinion. That's okay. He's allowed to feel that way. You're allowed to feel however you feel. But I know a guy like Seattle Simon, you know, that is pure respect. He would probably come on here talking about no way Keith Thurman will sleep him, Errol Spence will sleep him. You know, go on and on and make a list out. 
Pacquiao's not even in the conversation for the top three, definitely, and probably not even the top five welterweights in the world. But that's okay. He, he is one of the best, if you like it or not. It just depends on how big your best list is. So Pacquiao versus Crawford got poo-pooed at one point earlier. So now they said maybe Pacquiao versus Lomachenko. And maybe Lomachenko takes on Crawford on the way to that fight. These are mighty big plans. And you can't just start talking this way hypothetically about any fighter. There is some special craft and talent skill. What is he? Something like 396 and 1 in the amateurs? Only reason he didn't become a world champion, what was that, his third, his second pro fight, second or third against Orlando Salido? It's because Salido cheated all night. The referee allowed it. And then people wanted to laugh at Lomachenko over that. That's something I, I never really understood. They were like, oh, well, see, he shouldn't have went for the title right away. Why not? He was better than the guy across the ring from him. It was a referee. The Salido's cheating. That's what we need to get back to, boxing fans, especially if you're not a fan of this program already. We need to hold the fighters accountable for the actions they take. Too often we want to say, oh, that's the sport. This ain't the fighter's fault. That ain't the fighter's fault. You know what? Judge's scorecard, that's not the fighter's fault. Pretending the scorecard was correct, getting your hand raised in victory, and posturing like, like you're the greatest thing since sliced bread afterward, giving validity to a bogus scorecard is most certainly the fighter's fault. What are they supposed to do? Tell the truth. Yeah, it sucks sometimes. It ain't always easy. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. Take that weight off your shoulders. Anyhow, Vasily Lomachenko, one of the best fighters in the world today. He had the honor of competing on Bob Arum's 2,000 professional boxing card. It's insane. Can you imagine? How many of you are ever going to do 2,000 of anything? How many of us, I should say? I don't want to talk down to the fan in the same category. Will I do 2,000 jobs before it's all said and done? No. No, absolutely. So much respect to Bob Arum. And if you look at some of those fights, I mentioned Raphael earlier. Until I saw this, I was checking out an article about Arum's 2,000 fight card. Raphael wrote, and it had some great stats in it, to tell you the truth on the ground boxing fam, just looking at the number of certain fighters' cards he promoted. I think with Miguel Cotto, it might have been something like close to 40. James Tony, it was 30-something. Marvin Hagler, it was like 20. If you look at some of your favorite fighters of all time, George Foreman, Muhammad Ali, Larry Holmes, and Bob Arum promoted so many of them. Floyd Mayweather, Danny Pacquiao. Oscar Delahoy. I could go on and on. I don't have the article in front of me. Look it up yourself. It's worth a read. So I'm glad that in 2016, what's been a horrible boxing year, if you're just getting into this thing, and maybe you saw Kovalev versus Ward, and you tuned into this show, and you felt like this Kovalev guy got robbed, you didn't know why we bring a guy to the United States, we pretend we're going to give him a shot, and then we just rob them. We turn it into a popularity contest instead of a boxing match. And you want to get a little more information. You want to dive in a little deeper. You want to know a little bit more. You want to become a little more subversed in the sport of pro boxing. So you turned it, tuned into this show and took your turn with the best in boxing time. And you might really want to know 
what there is to look forward to when you hear the commentators, the guys that have been around for a long time, dudes who don't have their hands in the promoter's pockets or the network's pockets, guys that aren't benefiting off of telling you, hey, this is going to be great, watch this, this is great for boxing, all this nonsense. But when the guys let you know what's really good, what's really virtuous, what there really is to see in this sport, Vasily Lomachenko will be at the top of that list. There's no controversy. There's nothing to argue about. You don't have to be a nut hugger. You don't have to be a hater of something else in particular to embrace Lomachenko. Lomachenko is what so many fighters have had the opportunity to be the last several years. Guys who had tremendous skill, talent that, that was beyond what many were used to, in many cases real and in other cases perceived. We could look at Guillermo Rigondeau. He had the chance to knock down the door and achieve Mayweather-like accolades, minus the degree of fame and money, at a much earlier stage within his first dozen fights. And if he could have maintained that, if he could have not lived his life, I hate to be harsh and cruel here. He's a great two-time Olympic gold medalist from Cuba. He fled Cuba for a piece of the American dream, but he's had Cuban slime balls who've had their hooks in him the whole way. When he runs out of money, they lend him a lot of money, then he has to pay them back. And so he can never get his career straight. He has to basically do the bidding. But anyways, all the talent in the world. Look at Adrian Broner, perceived. Some people felt that he had all the talent in the world as well. Again, perceived. I'm not going to argue about it right now. World in his hands, everybody ready to watch him do it all. These guys have both flopped. I'm not saying that they cannot pick up the pieces and get it together. The odds would be against that, but I'm not going to count them out. Vasily Lomachenko was considered a flop right in the beginning because, oh, he didn't beat Salito. But the thing was, he really was beating him. If you take away all that cheating before officiating. Lomachenko has just as much talent as these men. Maybe more. Now, it's very early because people are going to cry. They're going to say, why are you talking about a fighter with seven fights at the same breadth as these other fighters. Guys who won world championships, guys who defended world championships. Because Vasily Lomachenko is that good, that's why. He's that good. It's not my fault if he could achieve more in less time. I did not hold that supposed loss against him. This guy is the goods. How high will he be able to go and wait? Determines ultimately how successful he will be financially. And in terms of being an attraction, a popular star, maybe potentially one day even a pay-per-view star. I don't know how likely that is right now. Pay-per-view is in the gutter. Are we waiting for the right star to come along to revive pay-per-view? Or is the model just trash in the age of streaming and piracy. 
these are things that really need to be considered. In the ages of streaming and piracy, Pacquiao Mayweather broke all records and then some, though. And again, your stream wasn't working so hot that night, right, OTG fam? So, I don't know. If everybody could have streamed that one for free, maybe they would have, too. I know some of you would have. That's Lee Lomachenko. May become a star. May not. When Ward was moving up to light heavyweight, some suggested there's a conspiracy against this guy to get him beat, move him up in weight. Nobody wants to see him where he's at. There's nothing to see there. But they want to move him up where there's somebody who could beat him. There's someone who did beat him last week, by the way, Sergey Kovalev. But how is there a conspiracy against Ward when they took the victory from the right man and handed it to the wrong man? Out. Anyhow, Vasily Lomachenko has the skills of a warrior since he came up. Does he not? Has the skills of a Kovalev, of a Love King, any of them? Who do you like? What about some guys who aren't in the pound for pound top 10? Danny Garcia. Easily more skilled than Garcia. So is there a conspiracy to move him up and get him beat? I don't think so. Is he so good that he can legitimately compete with Terrence Crawford at 140 pounds, Manny Pacquiao at 147 pounds? His skills are amazing. He moves around that ring beautifully. He does so many things right. He's not beating those guys today. Things can change. I'm not going to count them out in the future, though. Let's talk to some OTG fam right now if you'd like to get in. On the conversation with the world's number one boxing podcast, dial 347-843-4293 on your touchtone phone. That's 347-843-4293, 347-843-4293. If I see you're a first-time caller, I just might bump you ahead of the crowd when you hit that one on your touchtone phone. Anyways, let's take it to upstate New York. At least I think that's where he's at this weekend. Our resident revolutionary ambassador to the cell block. Gilbert Janelle. Janelle, am I, am I being too kind to Vasily Lomachenko, or do you see a lot of the things that I see? Nah, he's good, man. He's really good. Excellent footwork. His angles is better than anybody in combat sports, period. I mean, I, mean, I knew he was going to outclass the guy. I mean, I was going for Walters. I guess the whole, uh, the whole Caribbean connection thing, I thought I was going for Walters, but I just knew Lomachenko was going to be too much for him. I mean, the guy, I mean, the guy is solid, man. He's a complete fighter. Now, he proves that you can be technical and very exciting at the same time. And and that's kind of rare in boxing, you know. I mean, I'm the guy that's technically that good, and he's just – and he goes for the kill. I mean, he steps to his angles, like, very smooth. He, I mean, he's just like – he's the full package. I mean, he's the guy right now that is like – I think he's probably – he's probably the most skillful guy in boxing overall. I, I mean, that's a big statement to make right now, but, I mean, I mean the guy is just incredible, man. He's – He's incredible to watch. It's like he's on a hoverboard at times the way he gets to his angles and, and he slides to his – and then he lands his power shots. He can't land a single shot. And Walters was just confused, man. He was confused. They remind me of Floyd Mayweather when he fought Corrales. Um, Corrales was just confused. I'm resting in peace and all, but, I mean, he was really confused. And that was Walters last night. And the way he quit like that, it was just like – I mean, he gave the whole no-mass. It was 
it's like, hey, man, he knew he didn't have nothing for him. He figured he was over his head. So it's like, you know I mean? What else could he do? So the guy just quit. But and we don't like seeing it in boxing, especially when you pay your money for a ticket to go to a fight and the guy quit like that. But the same note, I mean, he was just getting out of class. It was, it was about to be a sad moment. You know I mean, he was about to get fucking stopped. So it's like. Well, you, ta- you talked about spending the money. You, you go and you spend the money, and it's true. You got HBO subscribers. You got people in live attendance. Uh, people do spend money to watch this stuff. So let me ask you this. Did Nicholas Walters, even though he was being thoroughly dominated, completely shut out and demoralized, did he rip anybody off? Do you feel that he ripped anyone off, you know? Well, I'm for guys that paid uh, tickets for the fight, and I would say, yeah. But on the same note, I mean, the guy was getting, it's like, for instance, I mean, uh, Jeff Lacey's corner to stop the fight against Joe Kawasaki, and, and I mean, kept going, kept going, and it actually ended his career. And that's exactly what happened with Lacey. I mean, his career ended that night when he fought Kawasaki. So on the same note, I mean, but they allowed to go on, and then what was Lacey? And then what was Lacey's career after that? So, so on the same note, you got to keep in mind that, that this is boxing, man. This is a combat sport. I mean, you're getting beat to a pulp, and it's like I think Walters would be around for another day. Had the fight gone on twelve rounds, he continued to get. And eventually, and eventually, he would have got busted up quick. He would have got busted up uh, looking probably even worse than Jeff Lacey did against Kawasaki. So it's like, and you got to keep that in mind also. I mean, this is boxing, I man. This is not basketball. This is not those other sports. So on the same note, I mean, I know it's like being in there. So it's like, on the same note, you got to keep in mind that it's like, what would his career be afterwards? You know, his corner was basically uh, protecting their investment. And they got a lot of money in this guy. I mean, you know, I think a lot of it, a lot of what it was, and, and I don't want to disagree with anything you said. I think those are all very astute points, Janelle. But one thing I'll point out, I think Styles has something to do with it. Some, Styles has something to do with it. And when you look at Walters, even though he doesn't have the technical ability or the finesse of a Vasilevsky, what he does have is a puncher's chance no matter what. Now, when you see a fighter yield that puncher's chance. There was nothing that took it away. Well, his he, hand didn't break. Um, and he, he, he wasn't staggering around about to fall over. You know he still well, has can't. dynamite. He's called the axe man for a reason. And people are thinking to themselves, well, it just takes one. He just has to land one. So what business does he have yielding, throwing down, his only tool. The man has a puncher's chance and he gave it up. Now, Nicholas Walters is much more of a fighter than a fighter with a puncher's chance. He does actually have skill. So when a guy who has skill is reduced to only having a puncher's chance and being thoroughly dominated and demoralized by his world-class opponent, do we need to say, okay, that's it? as opposed to if a guy walked into the ring only having a puncher's chance. And then at that point, we say, well, hey, we're a little bit harder on him. But we had a world-class fighter redu- reduced to maybe he could land one big punch. So should we have more sympathy for Nicholas Walters? I think what people would have liked to have seen is some intensity, a sense of urgency. They would have liked to have seen a man who not only knew that he was being thoroughly dominated over the course of the rounds until it was stopped, they wanted to see a man who appeared at least, even if it wasn't 
100% true, but they wanted to see a man who appeared to be doing everything he can, pulling out all the stops, digging down as deep as needed to stop this man from taking away his career, his status, his name, his HBO boxing days, a man who would put it all on the line in order to win, and nobody saw that out of Nicholas Walters last night. How much criticism should he face? Now, again, you have to consider the fashion in which he was being outclassed. He took it for a certain amount of time. Do we show sympathy for that? Is that more than most men can take? But then again, all he had to do was land one giant bomb, and he seemed to be able to take the punches even though he was being thoroughly beaten. So should he have checked out early? Is there controversy? Do you have a problem with it? Were you ripped off as a viewer? And if you would have been in attendance, would you have felt like they got the best over you, that they got one over on you. D from the 843, I want to go to you. Willa, I want to go to you. RC, I want to go to you. Bunch of you first-time callers hit one on your touchdown phone. We get you on. Jailburn Janelle, back to you quickly first. Hit one on your touchdown phone, people. I'll bring you on get you in the queue. Jailburn Janelle, should we err on the side of sympathy and safety? Or should we err on the side of holding this man to the tradition of the sport of boxing? Do, do we feel that we're entitled to see a man leave it all in the ring? Nobody can say that Nicholas Walters did on Saturday night. Well, like I said, I mean, it was about to get ugly for Walters. As you can see, Lomachick was coming on even more. I mean, he was looking more fast and more quicker, and Walters was looking more slower and looking for that one punch, and, and he wasn't coming close to landing anything. I mean, so like I said, it was about to get uglier. It was about to get very ugly. I mean, I don't think anybody in this car could deny that. So on, so on that note, I mean, you got I mean, to be sympathetic and be like, hey, you know, what could he do? I mean, All I right. Mean, with, that in mind, with that in mind, the first man to show sympathy, the first man to not be overly harsh on the program today, are you interested in seeing his next fight? Walters? Yes. As long as I guess Lomachenko, I mean, yeah. I okay. Let me follow up on that with you, though. I need to follow up because here's my question. Seeing what you saw, would you be comfortable spending money to watch Nicholas Walters? Uh, not necessarily in a pay-per-view, but if you were in town where he was fighting or if he was nearby a place you were going to be, would you throw down the money to watch him fight? seeing what you saw, or would you have reservations that maybe this guy might not be interested in giving you your money's worth? As long as it's not Lomachenko, because, I mean, he was just clearly outclassed. It is what it is. I mean, Durant cornered against Ray Leonard, but I'm just going to say everyone still uh, picked Dur- uh, Durant's career uh, on the after Nomad. I mean, the guy which I mean, look, he had nothing for Lomachenko. Lomachenko was coming on stronger. He was. It was about to get ugly. It was about to get very ugly that night. And it's like, hey, I would definitely uh, uh, pay to see him fight, not pay-per-view, but I would go to one of his fights if he's fought locally or whatever, he's fucking around my way. I mean, I won't travel across the country, though, no. But 
I mean, Loma Chica was too much for him. It just is what it is. All right, we'll be back to Janelle a little later on for more thoughts on Lomachenko and the future of Lomachenko. Right now, we'll leave the part right where it's at. We'll bring in some more OTG fam. D from the A43. I know you always like the big punching dudes in the sport, no matter from the lower ranks all the way up to the heavyweights. You enjoy the guys who go in for the kill, who don't leave it to the judges, who bring two judges with them, the left and the right hand. Walters could be accused of being that type of guy, at least before he met Vasily Lomachenko on Saturday night. D, how do you feel? Hey, what's up, my man? Uh, yeah, he didn't. He, I think he walked into that fight and uh, probably thinking he probably could uh, have something for Lomachenko, but after that first and second round, I think he realized I can't beat this dude. What the hell? I can't even, uh, yeah. He, uh, Janelle hit it on the head, man. It was about to get ugly. <laughs> so, you know, that that boy bad, man. I mean, you only have what? How many fights he got? Professional fights? I think it's like seven fights. See, I mean, that shit's crazy, man. You know, the amateur background that he has. Wow, that's wild, man, for him to have that many fights uh, amateur and uh, come in and smash like the way he's doing you know I'd definitely say he's the future he's the future man okay well we'll, we'll move on to Lomachenko there's a lot to talk about in regards to him but what I want to ask you about is Walters now you said after mm-hmm. the first or second round it was apparent to you that it became apparent to Walters that there's no way he's going to beat this dude paraphrase your previous comments now in light of that and the big payday that he's receiving and the fact that he's on one of the world's biggest boxing stages hbo boxing how much does he owe us should he have left it all in the ring i'm not gonna waste your time i'm not gonna insult the audience right now the longtime listeners the first-time listeners anybody hanging on the phone waiting to get their two cents in or any team members right here, D. I'm not going to insult any of you by saying something like, "Yeah." Do you feel that he? Do you feel that he left it, left it all in the ring? Do you feel that he laid it all on? No. no, I'm not. I'm not going to stop that. No. So we're just going to assume that everybody in the world understands that he didn't do those things. Now, how much criticism, if any? Janelle says, "Look, he was thoroughly outclassed." There's nothing he could do against this guy. How can we be mad at him? Well, because he came to the ring with dynamite, he still had several rounds to try to use it. And instead, he just got paid and went home. Now, should I believe in this guy in the future? Should I watch him again? And should he be free of all criticism? Like, he seems to be getting off a little bit easy right now from Janelle. I'm not saying he deserves more. I'm asking. I'm, I'm letting the OTG team sort of help shape my opinion. We'll see where exactly where I'm at at the end, but I think a wise man takes in everything his most trusted companions and advisors have to say. So I'm going to listen to what you guys have to say before I harshly come down either way. I mean, coming from, you know, if I was a Walters fan like that, I'd be upset. I paid money to go see him last night. I would have been upset, you know. But if I was his handlers, you know, 
I don't know if I'd be that upset. Uh, he wasn't going to win. You know, we all wanted to see, you know, I thought it was going to be better, uh better fight than what it was, but I was wrong about that one. Um, so it was a few other people, I think. You know, this is one of those fights. I, I could have messed up, B. I could have done something like invited a bunch of people over to watch the fight. I could have said, oh, hell, this is going to be one of those fights. I, I don't think I did say it, but I definitely could have I could have easily made that mistake. You know what I mean? This is a fight that I would have expected fireworks in, serious fireworks. It's a damn shame it didn't turn out that way. How mad do we need to be? How angry should we be at Nicholas Walters? Or is Lomachenko just that good? Is this a case of, it reminds me of that 80s shampoo commercial, the chick Kelly LeBrock in the shower saying, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. Do we need to just make sure we don't hate Lomachenko for being that good and reducing top fighters to this level of a, of a competitor? Is Lomachenko that good? Is it don't hate me because I'm a beautiful boxer? Let's find out. Let's get some more OTG fam on the line right now. Let's take it all the way to the southern gentleman of the program, D. Willa Wilson, all the way from Houston. Willa, how are you today? Welcome to the program. Good to have you on. And please help me figure out exactly what happened and who, who should be held accountable for this. Uh, first off, good morning. Good afternoon, everybody. OTG fam, what's up? Uh, man. Too much turkey? Uh, too much ribs? What's up, dude? You sound like you're just waking up. You gotta wake the boss. Oh, yeah, man. I ain't gotta wake you hey, up. Let's Col- go. Hey, hey, I'm I'm out here in Colorado. You know, we did did oh. a few things last night, so I'm low key. Right. You know, it's early out here. I don't even know how y'all do it. Dude, you're supposed to start the day here. Let, let me let me send the West Coast tip out to you, free of charge, and to the whole OTG family. You're supposed to start the days off if you partake. That is, if you should choose to partake, which I'm not advocating or criticizing. You gotta start the day out with sativa. And don't start messing with the indica till the sun goes down, and you'll be all right. But moving right uh, along. No, what I did, let's, just to be candid about, you know, I had a few roaches, that, so I, I'm on this roach high, though. So, you know, <laughs> oh, that's God, dude. <laughs> I, I, I put some roaches together and get the extra buzz. <laughs> get uh-huh. the extra buzz, dog. So, hey, but anyway, hey, <clears throat> Walter should be ashamed of himself. Uh, the whole Caribbean. Uh, Whatever uh, connection should be ashamed of this man. He has let everybody down. Um, he went out like a sucker, really. You know, I still, you know, like Janelle said, I agree with what Janelle said about you know this is boxing. You, you know, he was take he was getting beat. He was taking a beating, um, and uh, so I'm not mad that he quit, but that's got to be embarrassing, and he embarrassed everybody. So I don't know, you know, Lomachenko look real good out there. You know, there's no hating on him. I can't hate that, you know. Uh, but maybe, maybe Donary or yeah, maybe Nonito wasn't that good when uh, Walters beat him, you know, because then he he fought Sosa, some guy, uh, some guy. He went, he didn't look too good. <laughs> he didn't look too good his last fight. He didn't look good. Let's fight, stop right so. there, if you don't mind. I think you made a very interesting comment, and I think this is something that's particular just the boxing we don't really see it. you're a fan of other athletics like i know most of the team and listeners are uh, me not not really so much i can stomach some other things but i don't really care like i do boxing anyhow just you, you said well maybe nonito wasn't really that good because that is the signature win of nicholas walters so now we start to call the question 
I mean, when someone wins a Super Bowl or the division championship, you know, a, a year later, two years later, three years later, then I'll say, hey, man, you know, who they face in the conference final, you know, it really wasn't that good. That just doesn't tend to happen. But in boxing, you know, the one bad night, hell, your whole resume is up for discussion now, Willow. No, I think it happens in, you know, it happens in tennis. This is single. This isn't a sport. You know, this is single man. This is mano a mano. Right, yeah. I think this is, you know, it's just mano a mano, so you got to look at that. Or Lomachigo's that good with, you know, it's either or. But you, I just got to remember that last time we saw Walters, I think he either barely won or maybe even got a, a lucky decision maybe against this guy. Right. Some bum, I think, you know, maybe, you know, a close-ass fight against somebody he was supposed to be a showcase against. So uh, Struggling with know. weight and everything like that, yeah. You know, it, yeah. it, you it know, really he really has to sit on top of the world. Right. So, But the way Lomachenko made him look, it made him look like he was second class, you know. So Lomachenko looked good. There's no hating on that. I can't deny that. But Walters, you know, he should be ashamed. He let everybody down. I would have been pissed if I would have been there. Uh I wasn't. I watched it. I really was pissed. I went to the restroom. Was like, oh, this fool and gave up. Like, what's up? So, you know. Yeah, he totally. When he walked back to the corner, he seemed totally demoralized, like he wanted out of there. But it is people started working on him right away, like he was still gonna fight, and then next thing you know, it's over. You know, so right. Because, they, I don't know, think they, put, I think they were pretty surprised, and I, I just have to yeah. wonder, you know, how much does a guy. And this is the perfect example, the perfect example of the type of guy, you know, because, of course, we expect a Lucas Matisse, who was supposed to be making back early next year. Uh, injury is supposed to be healing up. He's supposed to be taking it easy right now. When he returns, he won't be at 140 pounds. He'll be at 147 pounds. But a guy like Lucas Matisse, you know, you expect him the whole fight to keep trying to land that bomb because, in my opinion, he has no skills unless he's fighting for Ruslan Probotnikov. He fights like he just stepped out of a saloon in a John Wayne movie, the way he's throwing his drunk-looking punches. Anyhow, you expect that from a guy like him. A guy like Walters, we we would consider a more sound fighter. You're not going to accuse him of being Floyd Mayweather, but he's a much more technically sound fighter than a Lucas Matisse. But still, he has tremendous power. And just how much does he owe? The person in attendance. Does he owe them nothing? Does he owe everything to his family? Does he owe everything to himself? Does he owe everything to being able to move on and fight another day and make another dollar? Or does he owe us since he does have that power and he's not staggering around the place and he doesn't have piss running down his leg. He's just frustrated. He's demoralized. He doesn't know how he's going to do anything to this dude. And he's being beat. But he is not physically out of it and even the degree to which he was mentally out of it I think it was somewhat a choice I believe the degree to which he was mentally out of it was the degree to which he had decided to check out of the fight that's not to say that if he were more determined he would have had more success a more determined Nicholas Walters might have had just as much frustration in the ring on Saturday night but the thing is, we wouldn't be asking the question if it was a choice, because in my opinion, he chose to check out. That's what I feel. I, I feel like 
It wasn't that I physically can't. It was I physically don't know how, and I'm not willing to get my ass kicked trying to figure it out. Let me take it to the Central Valley and bring on the youngster, R.C. R.C., what are your thoughts on Vaseline Lomachenko versus Nicholas Walters on HBO Saturday night? Well, just another good display of Vasily Lomachenko. I mean, he's so good. He made a guy like Nicholas Walters look like a bum, in my opinion. Um, you know, you could just see it in the fight. He didn't want no part of that man as soon as he realized what was going on. And, uh, you know, Vasily Lomachenko, he, he looks really good, man. He reminds me of, uh, you know, some of the great fighters that I that I go apart with this these days. And it's like um, Lomachenko is just on another class than these dudes. like to see him move up and wait, uh, see what he could do at 140, because, you know, I don't think he'll get that fight that he was talking about at the end with uh, Francisco Vargas, did he call out? Uh, El Bandito over there. But um, I, I don't know what he does next, but, I mean, this dude's on another level. And, you know, you guys are being too nice about saying, oh, if you give him a pass for quitting, you know. If, what, what if uh, a lot of these great fights that we had in the past didn't get to happen because people had the same mentality that Walters had yesterday. You don't want to continue? No. You know, he, he didn't want no problems. And we would have never had uh, upsets like Danny Garcia over Amir Khan if he decided to check out after those first few rounds. Uh, Nicholas Walters, you know, I wouldn't waste my money on watching this guy fight, even if he is nearby in town. Because in the world I live in, losers don't get medals. That's just the way it is. You feel that you were ripped off as a spectator last night, RC. You feel that the people in attendance were especially ripped off by Nicholas Walters? Oh, most definitely. Because he made sure that he wanted to comprehend on what he's going to spend his money on that he walked out with yesterday and stole from the people. Because, you know... If he got knocked out, like, they, it was going to get ugly. And if he did get messed up, you know, who knows? He don't want to be in a hospital for a week when he could be out spending some of that money. So he checked out on his uh, on his behalf. He, he don't care about the people. All it takes is one shot in this sport, and he didn't even want to test himself for that. So, uh, yeah, it is the business, and you want to have longevity and whatnot. I, I understand that, but mm, I'm glad I'm not a fan of that guy. I don't know how I'd feel. Fight a fight party or something like that, and I was telling everybody how good this guy is and what a great fight this is going to be. And my guy checks out without even giving a chance, you know. So, um, and he didn't seem mad at himself or nothing at all. Like he said to the crowd, "Oh, I love you all." When they're booing him, you ain't, I, do you hate fans? You're not going to get, you know. He's he's definitely not something that people are looking forward to seeing next time. That's just how it goes down when you have a chance on HBO, and then he blames it on uh, inactivity and things like that. Like, get out of here, my man. Just stop it. Talking about they only give him one fight a year or something like that. And the man Bob Arms right over your left shoulder in the back. So, uh, that guy that grin on excuses. Face, though, man. He, know, he knows, he knows oh, yeah. that Lomachenko is special. You just see see that tight lip trying to hold that ear-to-ear grin in. Yeah, definitely. I was uh, laughing at that yesterday, too, because how when Max was asking him these crazy questions, it was just like, he looked like he had that just grin of like, Max don't know what the fuck he's talking about, you know? He looked like he was just giving him that funny face, but he was in a good mood. He is just, he, he loves Lomachenko, and he knows that hey, he's going to make Hey, that horrible job, 
it still needs to be mentioned a week later that horrible, horrible job he did on the Kovalev Ward fight. Just the whole fight through trying to pretend that he was winning in those first six rounds. The cheesy case he was trying to make. It was horrible. Yeah, someone in Dan Raphael's chat commented on it, and I just found it so humorous that Dan even pointed out, yeah, you know, he, I, he didn't really insult Max, but he did note that he has a soft spot for war. It's that obvious when even other professionals are calling you out. Max Kellerman was horrible. Just, I mean, dude, I, I've, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen anything like that. Where a guy is thoroughly losing these rounds, everybody on the broadcast team and everybody watching it knows it. We're talking about the first half of the fight here. Not, not that Kovalev wasn't doing good later either, but the first half of the fight specifically. And Kellerman the whole time is like trying to, no, you know, I'm not saying that that didn't happen. I'm just saying that, you know, maybe Ward might have won that one. I'm not saying you're wrong, but I'm <laughs> saying that I could see how you did. Shut up, dude. Quit trying to plant doubt, water it the whole fight have this big tree of controversy at the end. What an asshole. Max Kellerman's just an asshole. Yeah. So that's simple. He, he likes somebody. He, because he likes the guy. He has to do a poor job and try to trick you about what you're saying just because he likes him. You know what? I like a lot of people in this world. It doesn't make it my job to deceive everybody else I know in regards to that. So Max Kellerman, I question your character and your integrity. You didn't really think that. You had everybody right there telling you what's going on. You see Kovalev outlanding, outaffecting. And you're pretending that, oh, Ward is possibly winning those fights and you can see some judges giving it to him. No, you should have said, I can't see how any judge gives it to him. And if they do, I'm going to jump their ass at the end of the fight. But no, it's not what you did. You were planting a seed of doubt and you were watering it the whole time. And then you had a bullshit tree to hang your hammock from at the end. Yeah, unfortunately, we don't get those real dudes that are part of the broadcast team to call out some of this bullshit like that. You know, Max Kellerman, he was a little stiff yesterday, too, during that post-fight interview. He was a little stiff towards the end. So, you know, he's still uh, – I, I don't know. I don't like him, and I don't think he's as good as a lot of people think he is. It's just my opinion. But uh, He's yeah, an MC search of boxing, dude. That's all I got to say about him. He's the MC search of boxing. He's just a, a real weenie-ass dude. <laughs> who thinks he comes off in a way that he comes off nothing like at all. He's just totally clueless about his self-image. It's ridiculous. And for him to be a broadcaster on HBO and to go out there homering like that, I mean, dude, Roy Jones has to exit stage right anytime he has a fighter who's in any way affiliated with what we're about to see and steps away. Max Kellerman take down so much Andre Ward down his throat, he got stretch marks on his mouth. And he's too happy to stay right there trying to trick you about what you're seeing. When you got that type of an infatuation with a fighter, you need to exit stage right. Because I got a lot more confidence in Roy Jones, even if he's tied to a fighter, giving us an unbiased take than I do of Max Kellerman giving us an unbiased take, just if he so <laughs> happens to like the guy. That, that kind of uh, reminds me of what I watched the fight with. A lot of my friends out here, the, it's a ward horde out here. And, uh, yeah, I watched the fight with uh, a, a group of buddies who were a lot of Andre Ward fans, so I was trying not to listen to these guys because they obviously think it was easy picking second half of the fight. Uh, and then try not to listen to the TV, too, because you got Max Kellerman telling you the same thing. I think he's taking some of these rounds. It's like, well, that's why I said 
said I wasn't surprised when the call came in. I was like, oh man, that it just had it written all over for me. But that that's that's in the past. I don't feel like talking about Kovalev Ward because you know Andre Ward is uh, man. That he's just, he's real slick with his words. He should run for president in 2020 if Kanye is because he's a good liar, acting like he won that fight. Um, yeah, I I got a comment yeah, on my know. personal pages. I know you all have been arguing Ward and Kovalev on the Omegrad Boxing Facebook group ever since before it happened, and it's still going on the controversy. But I got a I made a unrelated post on my personal page, nothing to do with boxing. I'm not I'm not going to go through what the post was right here. Uh, I'm gonna pull it up real quick. Okay, okay, I'll tell you what it was regarding. It was regarding uh, WikiLeaks, some information that they released via Clinton campaign emails showing that they organized, facilitated, instigated the racist attack at the Trump rally. They were trying to make it look like Trump. Anyways, that's all proven. It's come out in Project Veritas videos by James O'Keefe, who had hidden camera video of the operatives discussing the operation, and you have WikiLeaks emails, so you can look that up, but we're not gonna talk about that here. Anyhow, that, that's what I was discussing briefly. Just, just shared something on my page, and this dude, uh, his name is, should I say his name? Oh, it's a public page. My page is public. He came on there publicly, so I suppose he's not worried about being there. Okay. So, no animosity man here. This guy hey, comes on in, in the middle of this. He's in May Smith. He says, Andre Ward is a piece of shit because he won a fight question mark exclamation point you sir are the real piece of shit i i appreciate the sir there it's it'd be called a piece of shit throw a sir on it thank you anyhow goes on to say but i'm sure you've heard that before actually you're right i i have been called a piece of shit um before in my life like i'm sure everybody else has at one time or i'm not called that regularly i can remember the last time i was called a piece of shit it was in the fall of 1993. How do you like that? I, I was a youngster, and it was a stripper. She wanted me to give her a jump start on her car, and I didn't have any <laughs> jumper cables. And she goes, well, are you about a worthless piece of shit? Because I didn't have any jumper cables. So, yeah. God damn. Still, I still banged the other stripper who lived in the house. So, whatever. Yeah, I was a worthless piece of shit, but I did all right for a young man. Who, who was worried you, about you stuff like pretty that. Good. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, you're right. I was called a piece of shit before, uh, May Smith. But Andre Ward, no. that's He's absolutely not a piece of shit because he won the fight. And what kind of asshole would I be if that's how I felt? So my response to him, I'll just share it. I don't want to front. It's a real quick reply. I told this guy, I never accused Ward of winning the fight. He's a piece of shit because he pretended he did. You're one because you jump into a conversation that has nothing to do with your grievance when there are appropriate channels for your whining. Commenting on a non-boxing threat on my personal page isn't one of them. That was it. Much respect to Mr. Smith for taking the hint and not continuing to post there. He didn't post in the group either. Don't know or care if he's a member of the group, but he could either call his phone number or hit up the group, just like anyone can. But hey, I'm talking about real stuff in life, much more important than Andre Ward. Don't chime in about Andre Ward. Come on, man. I'm trying to have some faith in humanity. The people, you know, major in the majors and minor in the minors and care about the important thing. Here we go. Well, we're talking about issues like I mentioned previously that I don't want to get into here. And then instantly, Andre Ward, like, dude, anyone who care about our country really give a shit about it's some dude, me being some dude, 
thinks Andre Ward's a piece of shit or not. And what's up with you? Got to twist it to I think he's a piece of shit because he won the fight. Of course not. I don't think he won the fight. So how can I think he's a piece of shit because he won the fight? He didn't win the fight. It's that simple. Do you want to have a problem with 115, 113? Do you? What do you like? 115, 112? I don't know what you're looking for. Do you guys need exact scores? Do you need exact rounds? It's not a problem. We can go there, but that's just going to work me up and get me more pissed because I'm going to illustrate how much clearer and more obvious. What it is is all you people who scored it for Ward, not that there's a ton of you, you are the minority, but all of you, and by you people, white, black, brown, yellow, purple, whatever the hell, uh, no connotation meant there. By you people, I mean you idiots. All you people who <laughs> scored it for this guy, I mean, you, you did mercy rounds. That's all you did. Like, you saw the fashion in which Kovalev won a round previously, and then you see him not beat Ward quite as badly, and Ward do a little bit better, so Ward gets that round. But here's the thing. If you erase... How about you do – here's what I'm going to ask. I mean, you guys want to take a challenge. You're saying I've watched it two, three, four, ten times. You know, all these guys are fronting about how many times they watched it and scored it. Okay. But all that makes you is a stupid person or an insane person that continue to do the same thing over and over again. You want to do it a little different. You want to see how it comes out. Do it like this. So you say you know how the first half of the fight went. You say, of course, I was Kovalev. Maybe, maybe you find a ward round in there. Let, let's say you're one of those people who has a ward round in the first six, okay? Now do this. Throw away the first six rounds. Don't even watch them the next time you score it. Don't watch the first six. You'll have nothing to compare it to. There will be no mercy rounds. Don't watch the first six. If you watch seven through 12, and you're giving almost all that to Andre Ward, like, dude, you're really, either you're new to this program and there might be some hope with you over time, but if you're a long-time listener, you might, it might be time for you to move on. You know, I feel – in that case, I feel kind of like a gym owner or a guy giving an aerobics class or a dietitian or a nutritionist. And I got a guy who's been stinking up my spot for like two years still weighing 300 pounds. You're making me look bad now. Lose some damn weight. Look in shape. Look like we know what we're doing around here. So if you're coming to the table talking about Andre Ward winning 7 through 12 – and you're part of it. Don't tell anybody you belong to me. Don't say you're OTG fam, and don't say you listen to Show Green. Uh, tell them something else. Say, <laughs> I, in fact, I'm gonna tell you what to say right now. Say, you know what? I'm a big fan of that guy Max Kellerman, and I think that Andre Ward won the fight. That's all you gotta say, and we're all gonna know right where you're coming from. Just leave my name and this show and everybody on and out of that because they don't deserve it. They're way too honest, RC. Yeah, man. It's crazy because, you know, I was thinking, whatever happened to taking the title from the champion, I, I, I could have swore that should have came into play at one point. Yeah, in time back when you used to have to win titles, rounds you know? and not get knocked down and maybe knock the other guy yeah. down. Back when you used to have to do more than the other dude did. Back when you used to have to yeah, do more know. than the champion did. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember those days. You know, when we used to award All the right. fight to the guy who won? Oh, what a novel concept. Shit. Yeah, you should have had, like, if you're going to take those titles, you would have had him in trouble at one point or another in the fight, and it looked like Kovalev was just idling and doing whatever he wanted. But like I said, that was just one of the uh, – it wasn't 
as much of the significance to call robbery, such as things like Pacquiao and Bradley's first fight, things like that. But, you know, Kovalev got screwed. He got dropped. He got the bad end of the stick. And uh, I just hope that he, uh, in the rematch, puts his foot on the gas and doesn't let go because I think he wanted to show people that he could box with Andre Ward and he's not just a knockout machine who is limited because of that, like we've seen with other guys in the past. And, it, you know, it costed him in this one. You can't – he just he, – like he said, they're guests over here. Now he knows that, and in the rematch, hopefully he'll fight a whole other uh, – well, not completely different way, but more aggressive. And if he gets Andre Ward down, smother him, make sure you put him down again. Um, but, it, yeah, that, that fight just gives people a bad taste in their mouth, especially um, not just from both sides of the hardcore and the casual viewers. It just – when you see a fight like that that has so much hype and it turns into the ugly side of boxing where the black guys have always been, it, it turns people off to it. It, it gives them a, a bad taste in their mouth for what's leading ahead. And, um, you know, so good thing we got Gar- Garcia Thurman to save the boxing world. Okay, that, that that's we'll get into that. We'll, we should get into that today. That's good you mentioned it. But with regards to what we're talking about right now, uh, the the situation I have with him being a guest, Sergey Kovalev, that is, I hope he turns it into a permanent vacation because he's much more of what America is all about than Andre Ward. There's no doubt about that. I mean, the guys I relate with, you know, no matter what color they are, no matter what kind of accent they have, you know, the guys who come here to really make it, do it legally, and work hard, I think they can all relate with Sergey Kovalev. See, Sergey Kovalev, if he's on a job site, he's going to reach in the toolbox, grab the tool, go to work. Andre Ward is going to reach in the toolbox. He's going to say, wait, I don't, I don't want that one. Where's a better one at? I'm not using that. No, 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 no. Uh, so-and-so had this kind of brand tool. I want that one. And he's going to have a hissy fit, sit down and not do no work until he gets the tool, just like the guy on the job has the very best tool. <laughs> Crying about somebody who's got it better than him, just like he did for years. That's all Andre Ward does. I can't relate with him. He's not American. He's not a hard worker. Uh, he just blessed with uh, the ability to do exactly what Virgil tells him to. In other words, he's a robot. So good luck to him. And, and his little gag, his pretendo script, trying to pretend he won that fight, just like he tried to pretend that Jack Reese was all over Edwin and wasn't all over him in the post fight. Andre Ward is a liar. He's a manipulator. And he wants you to believe things that are not true. That's what he uses his post-fight interviews for. He didn't even have the intestinal fortitude to realize he was in the best fight of his career. He's obligated to a rematch. All you have to do to blow the roof off this damn building is when you're asked, say, yes, I'll fight him again. Let's go. But he sat there and blew the whole thing off. And then then he, you know... (laughs) Said he's not going to negotiate right now, as if anybody asks him about any terms of a rematch. They just want to know that you're willing to fulfill your obligation and step into the ring like you previously agreed to on paper. But you couldn't do that. You don't want no part of that. You came to the ring in a brohawk. Uh-huh. I mean, that needs to be noted. You came to the ring in a bro, not a mohawk, not a shaved head. Not an afro, not a fade. I mean, he came to the ring in a brohawk. Like, j- just because it wasn't enough of a joke for him to get his ass kicked and pretend he won, he had to do it w- with with some fuzzy dead animal thing on his head. Awesome. Andre Ward is a clown. 
And what I'd like to have right now is for everybody who don't like me to take these personal shots at them. To just get out of the show's life. Never call back. Never listen. Don't click. We don't need you. Really, that's what I'm trying to say. I want to illustrate it as, as much as I can. If you don't want somebody calling it like it is on a guy like Andre Ward who has a nerve to lie to you and a guy like Max Kellerman who lies to you the whole time through, at least Andre Ward is trying to pretend with his fist. Max Kellerman is just being spitefully deceitful with his mouth. If you want guys to not call that out and just talk about the fight that's coming up next week, you know, go somewhere else to show him for you. Because when I see shit that gets under my skin and burns my ass, I'm going to let it be known. Besides, there ain't a whole lot of big fights next week. One fight that's got me scratching my head is Sam Peter versus Kubrat Pulev. Is Peter going to show up like 300 pounds? Is this really going to happen? Is this going to occur? It's in Bulgaria and supposedly untelevised. So hopefully Nino will get us caught up to date on whatever the deal is with that. Maybe midweek on OTG Heavyweights of Boxing Talk, the world's number one heavyweight boxing podcast. The Lomachenko Walters. That's where we were at till we got off on Sergey Kovalev and Andre Ward being a fake, pretending he won a fight that he didn't. And that's really the worst thing. It's not that he spent all that time cheating or holding or low blows or any of that. It's not the fact that he cheated the whole time. It's that he pretended. He lied. He had a look on his face. He might have held his hands up after the fight, but he knew he really lost. That was just so he could try to make a case once he got the loss. He was preparing to deal with a loss at that point. He was holding his hands up. When they announced him the winner, he was genuinely surprised. How do I know that? Because I've seen Andre Ward win his whole life. I know what it looks like when Andre Ward knows he won a fight and he's waiting for the decision. And I know when he looks reassured of what he just heard and what he felt during the fight. This particular case, Andre Ward, (laughs) he knew he didn't win that fight. He knew it. And he damn sure didn't want to have to do it again. So, in contrast, after we saw guys like Sergey Kovalev and Andre Ward step in the ring, Sergey Kovalev, true champion, robbed, robbed, robbed. I don't give a shit, you know. Here's something we got these days. We got people who tell us RC, Willa, Joe Virginell, D from the 843, and countless other listeners right now. We got people who tell us, you can't, you can't claim a robbery when it's a close fight. You're saying... 115, 113. Guys are saying 115, 112. Guys are whatever the hell they're coming up with. They got that two, three point spread for Kovalev. Okay? And, and then you got guys who try to claim Ward won it by one. You know, giving Kovalev all the rounds is a better score than giving it to Ward by one. I'm just going to let you guys know. I don't agree with either of those scores, but they're about as relevant. Okay? So, let, let me just say this. Yeah, man. Let, let let me just get it across as clearly as possible. When it comes to Andre Ward tricking the people and pretending he won a fight that he didn't, that's where all this criticism comes from. All of it. It has nothing to do with how he cheated in the ring. We know he's a cheater in the ring. We know what he does whatever Virgil tells him to. It's the way he pretended he won a fight, the way he lied. He knows he lost. We saw all the other times Andre Ward won. We saw that one. We know this wasn't it. Then he didn't want to honor his obligation immediately after. How can you follow, support, love, look up to, role model, whatever it is? I don't like Max Kellerman, MC Search over there. What is it? 
why do you gravitate to this person in such a way that you check all your integrity at the door? What is it about him that makes it – it's okay for you to not be a real dude any longer when covering Andre Ward? What is it? Does he and make should. you uh, – you have an answer? Answer it. I don't know. I got to – I got to – I'm glad you went there, though, because I was wondering the same thing. Because before the fight, you had young Olympian Shakur Stevenson there talking about how Andre Ward's going to take this guy to school and this and that. And, that. and after the fight was very – ecstatic and he looks up to the way Andre Ward fights and the way he fooled the people or tried to fool the people. He wasn't fooling me. He wasn't fooling you. But young guys like that that are gonna be obviously a name in the years to come. He had a he did pretty fair in the Olympics. Um, I'm sure we'll see more of him down the road, but that's who the guys you're looking up to right there though. Andre Ward. I worry about that show for the for the upcoming youth of boxing future. Well, I hope not because as I was pointing out before, I went off on this tangent. We had it. Sergey Kovalev and Andre Ward in the ring. We saw Andre Ward fake, but Sergey Kovalev was a real champion who was robbed. Then we had Vasily Lomachenko in there with Walters. And we're just seeing a golf in class, not only in boxing skills, ability, uh, forcing your will upon your opponent, but also in integrity, intestinal fortitude, manhood, character, um, well, we're, we're seeing a difference just, just in just being a real dude, being a real man. We're seeing a difference there. Obviously, Sergey Kovalev was a real man with how he conducted himself, not only in his career, but in the ring that night, before, during, and after, being robbed by Ward. Yeah, let me point that out real quick. We think that it has to be this giant spread in order for it to be a robbery. No, that's absolutely not true. And so robbery, when the wrong man wants, when somebody takes something that doesn't belong to them, that's a robbery. If, if you are robbed by, for $1, you're just as robbed as if you were robbed for 100 or or 1000 Maybe it might not hurt you as badly, depending on the circumstances, but you hit the right person for that $1 at the right time, it can hurt very badly. And you most certainly, I don't care nope. if it's one penny, you can be robbed for a penny. So stop this shit right here if you can't have a robbery when it's within a couple points either. No, bullshit. Yes, you can. You know what? You can steal a Ferrari or you can steal a 76 Ford Pinto. You're still stealing something even if nobody wants the worthless piece of shit. You take something that doesn't belong to you, it's stealing. It's not about how much, period. Has nothing. That makes no determination on whether or not you're stealing because there's not a free limit. You're not automatically entitled to some of the other guy's rounds. So people need to knock this shit off. Whoa, it's not a robbery. It was a close fight. Yeah, quit acting like they're mutually exclusive terms. You can have a close robbery. You can't. Robbery doesn't mean it wasn't even close. Robbery means it was stolen, and I don't give a shit if they stole it for screwing around with the cards on one round or if they did it with five. What, what if you have – how about this? You have an even fight the whole way through. It goes all 12 rounds. One guy scores a knockdown seven rounds. The other guy scores a knockdown five rounds. Everything else is uneventful, the whole fight. It's a hypothetical fight. Who wins the fight? Well, if you don't give it to the guy with the seven knockdowns, you rob the motherfucker. It didn't need to happen ten times more. 
It's a robbery because it's clear and it's understood. And if you're too stupid to understand, that's your own problem. It's not mine. I'm already going out of my way by giving you two hours every week to explain the shit to you. I know most of you do understand, but there's some idiots out there. For other things other than the fact you don't know how to score a fight with regards to Andre Ward. Maybe I respect uh, the ways you love your wife, the way you serve your country, the way you go to work every day, the way you take care of your kids. But I damn sure don't respect how you size up that fight because you ain't got a clue when it comes to it. <laughs> I don't have to pretend to. Yep, and uh, you, you know I mentioned that I was watching the fight with some Andre Ward fans, and he had the nerve of these guys afterwards were to say, you know, uh, uh, Kovalev's got to get to the back of the line now. Uh, bring on Stevenson. <laughs> I was like, you guys, you Andre Ward brainwashed people were real funny, man. I was laughing. I was like, they went straight heel mode after that win, after that robbery. Uh, I wouldn't call it a win, but you know, you know, you're speaking about robberies, and you're right. You know, one dollar a hundred, it still is a robbery, and. Uh, Nicholas Walters is the biggest crook of the night last night. Yeah, I believe depending on how much you steal, there might be degrees like brand larceny and all that kind of shit. You know what? But it ain't up for debate whether or not something is stolen. It's, you know, oh, we got comments right. Juan Carlos making a comment. This is in real time right now. He made this comment within the last minute. Juan Carlos chimes in about the show today. He says, so what about Kovalev saying he could have stopped the fight early if he wanted to? In my opinion, that's bullshit, Juan Carlos. And then he goes on to say, can that conduct be addressed on the show? Sure, I think it's bullshit. He says he'd call in, but he can't right now. That sounded like a cop-out or a lie from Kovalev. Um, was he lying, or did he really think that he could have? Fuck, I don't know. If he really thinks that he could have, I guess he wasn't lying, but... If he really thinks he could have, why didn't he? I don't, I don't know what he meant by that, Juan Carlos. What do you think he meant? That's what I want to. You think that was just what? What do you think he was trying to say there? Like, hey, I wanted to get robbed. That's why I didn't knock him out. I mean, what, what are you trying to say? That's, that's what I'd like to know. I, I don't think it was true that he could have stopped the fight early if he wanted to. Um, Andre Ward would have went into survival mode, and Kovalev wanted to be cautious not to overextend or get too excited. That's what I believe. I don't, I don't think he was holding back, knocking him out at that point in time. So I'm happy to address that for you. Do, do I have the same type of anger over a comment about a, a single brief moment in the fight contrasted against a guy who pretends he won the fight overall when he was defeated overall and then wants to back out of his obligation to give a rematch to the person it's already written into the contract so if if that's really your intention that i'm supposed to be just as mad at kovalev for saying he could have knocked out ward as i am mad at ward for getting a robbery and pretending he won the fight no i i'm I'm not there i don't want to assume that's where you're going but if that is i'm calling bullshit on that and i think that you know, if if I slap your, your little brother in the face, Juan Carlos, that probably wouldn't piss you off as badly as if I dropped a nuclear bomb on your whole family. There are degrees to offenses in this world. You understand? So if Kovalev said, 
that he could have stopped the fight early. That's bullshit, and yeah, shame on him. But is that as bad as getting a robbery and pretending you won and wanting no talk of a rematch? Fuck no. Absolutely not. Yeah, you want to comment on that at all, R.C.? Yeah, I think what he was talking about was kind of like something I was alluding to about Kovalev trying to show that he could actually box with Andre Ward instead of just brawling or trying to get him out or something like that. I I think we were kind of somewhere near the same boat, but not on. But um, I think I know what he was saying. But still, I, it's just one of those cop-outs also that if you're, you're going to say that, oh, I could have knocked him out whenever, you know, why didn't you then? So, yeah. but at the same time, I think I think Kovalev tried to uh, show people that he could. He's not just uh, a brute force that's been sure. just knocking out less competition. You know, that could be another thing. He, could, he might not be saying necessarily that I had the knockout and passed on it in any particular point in time. You could really be trying to say, yeah, if I came to knock him out, that that's what I could have done. But I came there with this type of a game plan. And I stuck to it. Right. Maybe that's maybe he's trying right. to say he stuck to the wrong game plan when he just should have tried to take his head off. In which case, that may or may not be true. Also, I don't know. You know, but yeah, it's right. bullshit. I don't. I don't really could have knocked it, him out um, at any point in the fight. Absolutely not. It it kind of reminds me of kind of a off sport, but similar thing when uh, Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor fought the second time. When Conor knocked him down twice, Nate Diaz at the end of the fight said that he went down on purpose when he got hit so that Connor hoping that Connor would jump on top of him and then he could just take advantage of the ground game being a black belt in jiu-jitsu. So it's the same kind of thing what a loser might say afterwards like, "Oh yeah, when he, when he hit me, he didn't really knock me down. I was try, I was trying to bait him on the floor, you know." So it's kind of yeah. similar to what Kobe like saying about knockout. Out, knocked out on the way down. It's like, "Nah, I let him knock me out cuz I knew I was going to wake up rested and stronger after my head hit the mat." Come on, dude. Stop that. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I, I know what he's saying, and I think Kovalev, yeah, like you mentioned, he just had a game plan, and he went with it, and um, showing the, the the class that this guy has. Because, you know, a lot of people thought that, uh, that Kovalev hadn't fought world-class level like Andre Ward. So I think that a little bit of that, he heard the whispers, you know, with things like that, people saying that he's not as uh, technically sound as, Whatever you know, he's gets, he gets a lot of love, but when it was coming to Andre Ward, you're talking like you know a world class competition from one guy who's just been running rough house. So uh, I get what he means, but mm, no, he's got to prove that next time around because it doesn't count for you know coming off of L. And he's been real. Um, he was a real professional at the end of the fight. He didn't you know go off on a Pauli Malignaggi type of tantric crying, saying that you know someone else is in the pockets or whatever. You know, he just said you know we have witnesses and. You know, everybody's seen what happened. So yeah, but those uh, were some yeah, sorry ass witnesses. I mean, the whole ward contingency there—that that was horrible, man. You know, it's the same kind of shit I saw in L.A. with people trying to pretend that Santa Cruz was something and that Mares wasn't. It was like are you people nuts. When you're in front of a hometown crowd, when when you're there, you really see a disgusting behavior. Like people don't care how their guy wins. He could get his ass kicked the whole fight like that. Joseph <laughs> right. Diaz Jr., I saw him get his ass whooped in person. And his fans loved it when he got the decision. Oh, man. They weren't going around saying, man, he lost. That's bullshit. They were like, fuck yeah. They were jumping up and down, dude. Like, it was the wow. greatest thing ever. And they all know he lost, but they were just thrilled he got the win. You know, I, I can't, I can't me see one that. Bit. That's what the war fans were doing. They're just as bad as the Joseph Diaz Jr. fans. 
<laughs> yeah, it doesn't surprise me one bit that they'd be like Speaking that. Speaking of local fighters, our step, I'm going to step on you for a minute because you brought up some of the up-and-coming fighters you like to see without naming any. I want to tell you one of the ones you like to see, and that's Jose Ramirez. He's got a fight coming up December 2nd at the Safe Market Center Arena oh, in yeah. Fresno. This is a top rank. I believe it's an Unamon show, so it's going to be televised, and you could actually get there in person. This is a guy you've been talking about for a while. Telling everybody he's one of the top prospects coming up right now, and he's going to be in the ring again next week. Yeah, man, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, I actually got tickets already. A uh, buddy of mine going to go check it out. And um, yeah, man, every time Ramirez comes out to Fresno, he brings packs a big house. And he used to come out to the selling arena we had here in Fresno, and now they open up the Save Mart Center, a lot bigger. He could probably pack up to. I mean, I'm not sure the capacity. Dude, I think it's like fifty thousand or something like crowd. that. Check this out. They had a sellout crowd of 13,100 last time, and they had to turn away 1,600 people. This is for a prospect in the Central Valley, dude. I mean, this is something. That, that we're, we're witnessing yeah. some, a groundswell of support for this youngster right now. Yeah, he's definitely a fan favorite type of fighter. If you watch him in the ring, he, uh, he was on, uh, uh, I can't think of what undercard. It might have been. Pacquiao Bradley to the third fight. I think he was the first fight on the undercard. Um, but yeah, he's been um, he's been going around. He even fought Macau, China. Uh, but when he's out here, he's um, he packs the house, man. He brings the people out and he puts on the show the way the fans like to see a big Mexican audience out here. And he fights with that same type of heart. I think it was uh, not, or it might have been his last fight. His last fight or the one before that, he actually got a flash knockdown. He got knocked down by somebody. Got up in the fourth round and took that. Like, you made him mad, and he took him to school real quick, and he put a beating on that dude. And he's just um, he's just somebody that uh, Bob Arum has talked in high regard about. He even came out to the uh, – uh, Jose was scheduled to fight at the Tapache Palace in Lemoore nearby also, but he broke his hand. And um, so he showed up just to support one of his guys taking his place. And Bob Arum also showed up out here too with the top-ranked jet, man. So – Bob Arum has talked in high regard about this kid. I've seen him fight. I think he has, uh, uh, I think he has potential to win weight class in two different weight uh, world championships in two different weight classes. I think he's uh, uh, big for his weight right now, as far as lengthy wise. And um, I, when I, I'm gonna go check him out, he usually gets quick working, so I make sure I get in there early. Yeah, absolutely. And that's just amazing at this point in his career, the type of crowds that he's drawing and number of people that they're turning away so make sure you check him out but that back to the topics they had Vasily Lomachenko and Nicholas Walters we saw conduct of the true champion and Vasily Lomachenko and the guy who was awarded the win the previous week Andre Ward we did not um I'm, I'm gonna update y'all and if anybody else has anything in real time you want to address on the show the on the ground boxing Facebook group is a great way to do that you saw how quick and easy that was I hit him up in one minute changed the whole course of the conversation for him because this has always been actually from day one when we started in the beginning back in 08. It's very interactive, and we appreciate the support of everybody. Oh, yeah. On the internet forums and any other way they can get yeah. at us. Right now in 2016, as we get toward the end of the year here, RC, Facebook is the king of social media. And I'm going to tell you right now, they seem to have their hooks in everybody the best. I, I could see in another five years everybody being somewhere else. You know what I mean? It, it doesn't seem like anything – has lasted. Uh, right now, the the biggest thing is Google for a search engine, right? But everybody used to Yahoo back in the day for their search engine. People weren't on Facebook. They were on MySpace. And 
you know, you go back far enough, people were on America Online. And it, it's always changing to something else. So if Facebook the, does remain what it is, I'll be surprised. But for this particular point in time, 2016 into 2017, Facebook is the most effective way to communicate with the on-the-ground boxing family. And I can't wait to get out of the NSA spy grid when something else viable is offered up. Anyhow, Juan Carlos, I'm going to share your comments again, buddy. Says he agrees with the fact Kovalev won the fight and the Ward's conduct acting like it was a clear win isn't a good look. No, see, you're missing me there. If, if he acted like it was any kind of a close win, anything, if he acted like there was any way, shape, or form in which he won, Ward is full of shit and he knows it. It's not because he acted like it was a clear, confident win or what was cocky. It had nothing to do with that, Juan Carlos. For him to pretend that he won at all is the offense. Because he lost. Okay. What if What if he pulled a Tim Bradley and said, uh, "We got to look at the tape." Well, how would he been? How would he be perceived if he did something like that? Uh, he, 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 I'd call it for what it rightfully is. He's putting it off for later. You know, that's all he'd be doing. He'd be putting right. it off. He's procrastinating. He, he don't want no heat right at the moment. But, but he knows what he wants to say. You know. Anyhow. <laughs> yeah. He, he continues along, Juan Carlos. That is that comment takes away from the whole real dude point you're making about Kovalev. If, in fact, Kovalev was saying he stuck to his game plan, maybe he can't make adjustments in the fight as well as we expect him to. Now, Juan Carlos, I disagree, and here's why. Now, I'm not disagreeing about the real dude thing. I said, yeah, I think he's full of shit. But, I mean, where you take it at the end? Maybe he can't make adjustments in a fight as well as we expect him to. Number one, I never said that he was the best adjustment maker in boxing, so I don't have some high expectation for him to meet in that regard. But nonetheless, I think that's an incorrect narrative because there was no adjustment to make because he was winning the fight. It was Andre Ward, the losing fighter, who had to make the adjustments and win, and he wasn't. Instead, he got awarded mercy rounds for not getting his ass kicked as badly as he did previously in the fight. That's not, You don't say the guy winning the fight, can't, maybe he can't make the adjustments as well as we said. Why do you need to make the adjustments? You're winning. You're ahead. Other guy ain't got nothing for you. So I, I disagree with you there, man. But I'm, I'm happy that you're participating. And it seems like me and you disagree probably more than we do agree. Uh, but that's all right. Everybody doesn't need to. I, I think a lot of people like to listen to someone that they disagree with sometimes. You know, they say iron sharpens iron. Uh, that, that may be a case of that. Well, there's been people sitting on the bench right here, probably going crazy, probably got keeping keep – burning coals on their head right now from all that they've been hearing and they disagree strongly. So let's take it back to Willow. Willow, I don't know where you want to begin, but I'm sure that all this truth has got you having an allergic reaction right now, so you might as well have it verbally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I wanted to, you know, I really want to talk about Lomachenko real quick, if possible. Um, sure, he deserves it. He, de- he deserves some yeah, just, Go ahead. Lomachenko, um, I don't think he's going to be he, – he he has the Andre Ward. You know, you were talking about him and Andre Ward, how they're skilled. He also has the Andre Ward short-ass arms, so T-Rex arms. So if he goes up to fight Terrence Crawford, you know, it's going to be uh, – you know, the, the only person – what I'm saying is the only person he can fight to get a name – it's going to be Terrence Crawford right there. There's nobody in between there, in between 130 
and and one forty. That's any good, right? Oh, not that's any good. That is a name at all, right? Or you know, that's an up and coming star. Uh, Crawford is the next guy. Felix. So, you know, say that again. Oh, are we I, talking I strictly about like, notoriety like here, or fight. are we talking about ability as yeah, well? Yeah, we're talking about guys like coming up, you know, uh, like a big fight. Felix, you know, he does Let's go, let's go, champ. Verdejo, <laughs> yeah, the uh, the the young cat, but he's like ranked number eight. Nobody knows who he is either, so it's going to take him a while, you know. So t- what I'm saying is he only has one big fight. Hey, he's number it's, one uh, in the WBO, by the way. I'll, I'll point that out. Uh, champion WBO, Flanagan, number number one is Verdejo. Verdejo, okay. Oh, so hey, should we mention, you know, know we really it. shouldn't, but I'm going to mention it anyways. Uh, speaking of lightweights, Orlando Cruz, Orlando, give me a title shot because I'm gay, and I'll make an example of <laughs> Cruz uh, again. And again, we had to have the whole narrative of him wanting to be a champion to inspire the gay community. Look, dude, hey, Orlando Cruz, number one, fuck what you're going through. Nobody cares. That's number one. Number two, I ain't worried about who any of these dudes are both. None of them. Uh, Floyd Mayweather likes to walk around with a bad Medina once in a while with some other chicks in the front row. Hey, Ooh. that's great. Floyd Mayweather or Miss Jackson, he, wa- he wants you to think about what he's getting up inside, okay? That's fine. Everybody else in the sport, besides Orlando Cruz and Floyd Mayweather, they ain't worried about trying to let you know who they're fucking because we don't care. That's not boxing fan. That don't mean we support your lifestyle or that we hate it and we're against it. We're saying it has nothing to do with it. So quit trying to use boxing as a platform to push your homosexual agenda and to become a hero for the gay community. <laughs> you want to become a hero sure. for the gay community, go to your fucking protest, get, get involved in politics, go volunteer at a center, <laughs> go help, help out people with AIDS. Go get, there's all kinds of different things that you could do to show that you're a good guy and want to be a hero to the homosexual community. You do not have to keep talking about homosexuality every time you get a microphone unboxing. You aren't even good. You don't even deserve a shot. This is the only thing they can discuss when you get a fucking shot because there's no boxing ability to speak of. So anyways, I've had enough of this dude. How many fucking title shots does it get you? Orlando, give me a shot because I'm gay Cruz. That shit's got to end. I'm not on a (laughs) witch hunt for every gay fighter, every straight fighter. Everybody else has the decency to know that who they're fucking and what happens in the bedroom has nothing to do with what happens between the ropes, except for Floyd Mayweather and Orlando Cruz. So both you guys, I don't give a shit. Enjoy that ass, but I don't want to hear about it later. Hey, should man, I think you're totally you're totally wrong on this, man. Um, people seeing I'm not wrong. Somebody that they can relate to. Let me just let me tell you. People seeing something. Two percent of the population is homosexual. LGBTQ is two percent of the yeah, population. Whatever. Okay, I got boxing you. is already a niche sport. Boxing does not cover the gamut. We do not. So if there's two percent. In, in the giant, diverse society as a whole in this fucking country, I'm going to tell you right now to get out a fucking scientific calculator to figure out the percentage of boxing. So don't act like he's representing this, that, and the other because it just ain't there. I don't know what it is. I don't know who's there. I'm, I'm pretty sure there's my, there's one or two gay kids that want to fight and, and, the, okay. and seeing somebody yeah. like them. Okay. It's, it's doing something nope, for them. Nope, just nope, like, stop, hold on, stop. hold on. It ain't my obligation. It ain't the boxing world's obligation. We don't need to put a champion from every different background, genre, and subgenre of person so someone gets their exact model. If you're really about diversity and inclusiveness and being colorblind and fucking all that other shit, 
you don't need somebody who's your exact fucking shade and exact persuasion no. to be out there running. You can look up to a motherfucker who's got nothing to do with you. That's a real dude. You can. I can look at Manny Pacquiao, a little five-foot-tall Filipino who grew up in a fucking trash dumpster, and I can look. I don't need to say, well, I need a shave-head Italian-German fucking white boy who grew up in the hood so that I could feel like that's my guy. What the kind of idiot, narrow-minded clown would I be? And so everybody who feels that they need their individual champion, you need your little gay dude to look up to. You're a fucking pussy and You're just a midget of a fucking man. Sure. That's, again, you're going to the extreme. It ain't the extreme. That's why people need the cold hard truth. They need to man the fuck up. You know what? Plenty of people want to give a trophy to everybody. Orlando Cruz can pass out pink trophies to everybody who gets their ass kicked for getting the shot they didn't deserve. It don't affect me. Just stay the fuck off my boxing. It ain't got nothing to do with what what we got happening here. but what I'm saying is it doesn't have to do that. So you can be a gay kid watching boxing and look up to Floyd Mayweather and have nothing to do sure. with it. But it's also Absolutely. nice to have somebody. It doesn't mean that you're nope. a racist book nope. or it doesn't mean you're narrow-minded. You're narrow-minded. It doesn't mean you're narrow-minded. No, that yeah, doesn't. The hell it don't. It, it's not. Sure. We don't, I don't think you're racist or narrow-minded, but two, uh, two white guys. I would be if uh, I needed my one exact week, kind to look up hey, to. These have been you've been the happiest on these last two shows that you've been in a long time, and it and and it's and it's Just funny because two Cruz. white guys, what he's going two white through, guys, sorry ass good. fucking life. I don't give a shit. You know why? Because we should be talking about people who fucking deserve it. All he had to do is get you out there and up. kick some fucking ass and be a real champion, and he'd be getting talked about on the merits of his ability and the content of his character, not the fact that he wants to fucking spread his ass cheeks for somebody and talk about it on a yeah. boxing fucking show. What <laughs> he a might just be shit. sucking up. He might be like hey, African uh, Bombada and just like to get head. But, hey, either, anyway, <laughs> well, we're just talking about – let's just talk about Lomachenko. I don't even know how that guy got brought up. But what I'm saying is well, Lomachenko – Well, who did he lose? Is, we were talking did, about Rodeo, and we were talking about the division, and Salito got his shot and got his ass kicked again since we were right on lightweight. So I just mentioned it in passing. We need to give this shit a rest. Every time this guy comes up for a shot he don't deserve, fucking gets, he fights ham and eggers, he barely gets by him gets a title shot, all we hear about is because I'm gay, because I'm gay. Dude, how about because I'm a fighter? How about because I'm a fighter? How about because I'm a boxer? Because I'm good, because I'm a champion. I'm tired of because I'm gay, because I'm black, because I'm white, because I'm Chinese, because I'm Mexican, because I'm fucking disenfranchised. Shut the fuck up. Fuck what you're going through. Suck it up. Drive on. Man up and go become something. Quit fucking crying. But Orlando Cruz is a bitch. Hey, but we know who Lomachenko didn't call out last night, right? And that's Salido. He doesn't want to see that again. That's funny to me. So, hey, all I'm saying that's is already Lomachenko in the works better. behind the scene. He just ain't going to give him okay. more leverage. Because Salido's okay. got like two options right now. And Lomachenko is one of them. So, right. uh, they're working Salido on that behind the option. scene from what I understand. <laughs> and, and if he Salido is really avoiding him and don't want him, then yes, Lomachenko would be a bitch. But I don't think that's the case. Okay. We'll see. I just know you didn't call him out. So what I'm saying is Lomachenko's got Well, his, because I know it's you know, in the world. Bob Arum. No, I believe you. I mean, I'm not saying it's not. I'm just saying Lomachenko has uh, – Bob Arum has had that big smile because he knows he's got something special, and he does have something special. But he doesn't have any special opponents. And so Lomachenko isn't going anywhere. That's how I see it. There's nobody I'm, to fight I'm down still there. laughing. Where I'm the hell still is, laughing where's Danny Garcia? How much offered. does Danny Garcia weigh? 147, Brad. He's about to take over. Not that. Danny Garcia. So he's uh, a Mexican guy. My fault. Danny Danny Garcia. Isn't that the same guy's name? 
the little guy from Mexico. Uh, what are we I'm talking sorry. about? We don't I'm know sorry, who Danny sorry. Garcia is on mm-hmm. this program now? I mean, I, I know he's irrelevant, but I wouldn't say he's like a nameless. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the guy, the, Come guy, on, the Mexican guy that fought, and then he, he – Mikey Garcia. I'm sorry. Oh, Mikey was? Garcia. Okay. Yeah, that's no, hey, that's sure too, I can't remember his name. That's his own damn fault, not yours. Right, right. He, yeah, he disappeared on the team. But Mikey yeah. Garcia, how, what does he weigh? He's a little lighter than uh, those guys, right? Is it did, like did 125 he come back or something? What is that, bastard? I, I covered this a couple weeks ago. I, I think he came back at 140. I could be wrong. So I need to see if he's any good anymore. Oh, that man. might be a good fight. You know, I guess so there's one or two guys that he could fight. It's besides that, Lomachenko isn't going anywhere. He's too small and... He has nobody to fight. So, yeah, but can't. I don't know. Bob Aaron. But Crawford, Crawford's arms are too That's long for that guy. We saw that a little bit. It took him a little while to figure out Walters because Walters was a little too long. He's got them T-Rex arms, and, you know, I don't see him fight, being able to go up 10 pounds and beat Bud Crawford, who probably outweighs him by 20 pounds. So, hmm. But he looked good. Yeah. I'm not, hey, Lomachenko, I'm, I'm becoming a fan of him. You know, uh, MCH, you know, my uh, my godfather and OCG, <laughs> you know, he, he told us that it was Cooney country. But, you know, we're not always right all the time. So, you know, I know MCH is somewhere crying probably. Because he may walk. You're not always man. right all the I time. That's that's fucking funny as hell. Like, like, like nobody here knows who you're talking about. Not always right all the time. How, how about not ever write any of the time? That would be a lot more fucking accurate. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to take any shots on MCH, man. Right, yeah, you're going to be quiet because we never had a favorite. guy in the history of the program who was wrong more than him. And you're still bringing him up. Look, he can come back anytime he wants. So I'll walk him through the door nicely, give him a pat on the head, and, you know, let, let him do his little intro and all that other business and then start talking his nonsense about how every white boy in the sport sucks. That's, you know, you want to come do that reverse KKK <laughs> fucking gimmick, that's fine. But once it gets to a point where it gets obviously hateful and really racial and they fun no more, it's got to stop. You know, because there's little white kids that listen to the program too. I don't have to look out just only strictly for the little Hispanic kids and the little black kids and the little Asian kids. Uh-uh. I give a Look fuck about the, the little white kids too, who, who the mainstream media seems to think are evil little hell spawn demons these days. I don't get it. So we got to watch out for all the you. Well, all I know is MCH is uh, probably on the Mount Rushmore of OTG. So I'm going to give him his credit when the credit is due, you know, but he was wrong on Lomachenko. What's Lomachenko crazy is he's half white, dude. Like, why is he hate? I just don't identify with okay. the self hate. If you hate your black side or your white side, I don't get it. You know, either way, it's like, dude, uh, no, like you came from that. Either your mom or your dad. You know what I mean? There has to be some fucking redeeming qualities. Stop hating a whole race of fighters. I, I didn't sit well with me. Why is he going on Nino's show and then doesn't come back on here? I thought he would have called in or something like that. Uh, I don't know. You guys and then how are you going to be a sure? racist and talk about heavyweight boxing? Because, like, the black American fighters, it ain't, it ain't our glory day no more over here. We don't have that happening like previously. You know, Deontay Wilder is not the fucking oh, good, and Wilder. everyone knows it. So I don't know. You can't even you can't you can't be racist against white people and cover heavyweight boxing these days. That just comes off real salty. 
Well, yeah, I hope he comes back one of these days. It'd be funny uh, hearing when he'd be on, especially if Patty, if we could ever get Patty consistently back on. Because we all know that people miss Patty, right? Yeah, well, Patty's an institution unto himself around here. He'll be back. It's just a scheduling thing, you know. I know it's hard. We've been here so many damn years that it's amazing that people can stay around as long as they do and come back and go through cycles. And, you know, some guys, they got to sit on the bench a while and they, they need to decompress. And sometimes we need a break from certain individuals and, or bring them back, and then it's a treat, and everybody misses them and likes to hear them again. So it all works out. You know what I mean? Uh, people come and go around here. There's only a couple people that got a permanent lifetime ban. Well, maybe just one. And maybe I might even lift it one day. But I got an issue with Patty. If there's one person that Ryder. I allow back on the show, Patty's got a problem with it. He's like, if you let so-and-so back on, I ain't going to be on. So I have that one power play about one, and it's not MCH. You know, so there's only one guy that there's serious things I have to consider if I would allow it back. Anybody else? I'm not that vindictive or spiteful of a person. I get off much more on thousands of people hearing you crawl your ass back and be wrong again while I was right the whole time. I mean, I know what you're taking on, and I respect that you're swallowing all that and dealing with it to come back. So I got much respect for anybody who comes back because no one's ever come back and they were right about what they said, and I was wrong. It never happened that way. You know, they come back, they, they basically got to face the music, and it's been building over time. And for them to take that on, that deserves respect. Uh, I, I want to be any kind of a man if I have respect. So, you know, MCH has come back before, which means he's realized he's been wrong before. And anybody else you put out there, they've realized they've been wrong before, because I ain't changing my damn position. Anyhow, what do you guys yeah, want to talk true, about? True. about what do you guys want to talk about? You don't want to preview the San Peter fight. We got to save something for Nino. Hey, he'll probably have all the San Peter jokes, anyways. I used to have a few back in the day. But going forward, boxing schedule for the rest of the year, it's not really the most exciting thing. You'll also get Dennis Sabeta in the ring. He's an exciting fighter. You'll have to catch a stream for that on Saturday, should you be available. Mom Martinez in the ring. Uh, who else we got? Ray Austin, Travis Kaufman. Maybe some cheesy little, um, I don't know, internet pay-per-view thing might take it up or something. I don't know. Maybe somebody will videotape it with their cell phone. But anyhow, it's Saturday, December 10th. Travis Kaufman, of course, he had the situation with Ariola. Now he's fighting Ray Austin. Looks like he's still trying to fight his way into upper title contention. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., Due to return Saturday, December 10th. What do you think of that? In Mexico. And Your this boy, will Willis. be televised. BN Sports Espanol. So Chavez Jr., we'll see if he's come to the ring looking all flabby and sick, out of shape. If he looks like he even cares. Saturday, December 10th. Eric Molina, Anthony Joshua. Eric Molina. Okay, puncher's chance. And that's being Molina. kind. I mean, you're going to go against a guy with the power of Anthony Joshua, and you're supposed to have a puncher's chance, and that's it. So maybe Anthony Joshua gets his chin tested, man. I don't know. Eric Molina shouldn't offer much challenge. Eric Molina were to win, that would definitely be an upset. Make no mistake. Abner Mares versus Cuellar, Saturday, December 10th. This will be in L.A., OTG fam. Showtime card. Same night, you're going to have an HBO card in Omaha, Nebraska, and that could mean only one thing. 
Terrence Bud Crawford's, but it's a lackluster fight in my opinion. John Molina, or as the Raleigh Ryder would say, John Molina, stepping in the ring with Terrence Crawford. I mean, to me, like, that's just a pointless, stupid fight I don't care about. John Molina has shown time and time again that nobody cares. On the undercard. How does he keep getting fights? Huh? What? How the hell does John Molina keep getting these fights? Fuck if I know, dude. Everybody's busy or he'll he'll fight for the least money. A lot of times you wonder why you see certain guys on a job and it's because they're the lowest fucking bidder. Anyhow, Raimundo Beltran versus Mason Menard. Is that still going down? Yeah, uh, I know there was a change in the opponent there. Maybe Beltran was the guy who was brought in. Uh, I forget who it was originally. Anyhow, continuing along. Saturday, December 10th. Heavyweight action seems to be half of everything, guys. Andy Ruiz Jr. versus Joseph Parker taking place in New Zealand. You will be able to view this on Unibos Saturday, December 10th. Two Saturdays from now, you may have the first heavyweight champion of the world of Mexican heritage. And, you know, whatever. Race, I don't really care about. Love Mexicans like everybody else. Does it do anything for me that, you know, now we have a Mexican champion? No. I don't give a shit. I, I'm more concerned with having a good champion than whatever race he is. But Andy Ruiz, more notably than being Mexican, will probably be the first heavyweight champion that's not flabby. I'm trying to think of any others who were that had that poor of a physique. And if Andy Ruiz wins it, I I, I think he he would definitely have that distinction of being the most flabby out of shape, poor physique heavyweight champion in history, and not to be as far more notable being the first of this, that, or the other. I mean, what the hell when, uh, what was his name, Sergey Lyahovich? I mean, did we give, oh, the first Belarus heavyweight champion. Who gives a fuck? Like, so what? So what? Was he good or not? Let, let's look at that. That matters far more than what, you know, it just irritates me because, when I was in elementary school, and when I was at home with my mom, when I was being taught as a little kid, you know, a toddler or a preschooler, a lower grades, we were taught, they told us to be colorblind. And nowadays, it seems like the opposite. Be very noticing and careful and tiptoey and make sure you give a shit about what everybody's race is. But before it was, don't ignore, ignore what they are. Who cares? We're all people. So I'm sticking with the way I was taught. I'm not into this new fucking shit. Andy Ruiz, good luck to you to be the first fat boy heavyweight champion. If you're Mexican or not, don't care. Joseph Parker's probably going to beat that ass. Up. <laughs> but just the fact that he made it that far in that type of physical condition, he's a guy who started going the wild card as a fat guy, you know, trying to get in shape and worked his way into contention. Now he's fighting for WBO heavyweight championship. Level. So even though it sounds like I'm disrespecting him because of his physical condition, no, I'm telling it like it is about his physical condition. I want to make sure to stress that I do give respect and credit for him being able to get that far in that type of shape. At the same time, wouldn't it be better just to get in the proper shape or whatever? Some some people do things the hard way. Bernard Hopkins, be tough Joe Smith Jr. Too. Hey, Hopkins, Joe Smith Jr., RC, is taking place in Inglewood, California. This is set to be the farewell fight on HBO Saturday December 17th. So we're a few weeks away from Bernard Hopkins' final curtain call against a guy in Joe Smith Jr. that nobody is worried about. 
I wonder, will people be making trips across the country to watch an all-time great, a guy who has a middleweight title record? And I want to make it clear, he has most middleweight title defenses. However, he was not considered the man or the unified champion until deep into those defenses. So while his record is often compared to that of Carlos Monzon and Carlos Monzon's official defense record, Carlos Monzon was the man. So Carlos Monzon had actually more real world's championship defenses than Hopkins did, even though Hopkins had more alphabet title defenses. And now Kennedy Golovkin caught on the trail of Bernard Hopkins to have the most alphabet title defenses. On the Grand Boxing family, that's pretty much your schedule. We can go a little bit further, but I think it leaves us plenty to talk about, plenty to ponder, plenty to discuss, unless you want to get into Archer Better Be James DeGale Badu Jack is next year. That'll be the first fight everyone will be excited about next year. And I think we'll save that since we're at the end of November. Right. Let's back up to Hopkins versus Joe Spick. I think we got to talk about this with Willa because this is a guy who's already traveled to one side of the country to watch the man. Willa, he's going to step into the ring for the final time, the West Coast of the United States. Are you thinking about possibly watching that final curtain call on B-Hop, the executioner, the alien's career? Uh, I definitely am. Um, get to, uh, we'll see. Uh, I'm thinking about it. You know, I'm I might not join you. I would love to go out there. I would I love, might join love you. to go out there. Mike, okay. I was the biggest B-Hop fan on the planet before, you know, even at the beginning of the show, first couple of years of the show, he just became a total complete seller. I don't know. I might be willing to put that aside just to see him off into the sunset. You know what I mean? To, to, to just, okay, it's over now. It's done. To witness that this once great, now cancerous individual has hung it up. I might want to witness that for myself so that we'll know it's not a conspiracy. We'll know he's not going to return. We'll know that it, it indeed is the end of Bernard Hopkins. And that's something that should be witnessed. It should be told about. There should be stories through the ages, yes. You know, there was a guy who cheated all night, who rolled around on the floor like a soccer player going for the card, who would grab his nuts and pretend he was low blowed, and who would do all of these dastardly tactics, who would, you know, uh, cheat, who would turn his opponent to where the referee can't see him, landing low blows and hold and run in and hold. You know, so many things nobody wanted to see. But we can verify for posterity, for the world, from this time forward, we can let them know that this menace, this beast, this cancerous cyst on the sport of pro boxing, no matter how great he was at one time, who is now a detriment to the health of the sport overall, we can verify that indeed he is no more. There would be some value to that indeed, Willa. Uh, yeah, I don't know about all that crap you're talking about. But I just know we should pay this man his respect as one of the greatest of our time. And uh, that's what I would want to do. Hopefully he doesn't get knocked out. Uh, I haven't seen this guy. What's his name? Joe Smith? Paul Junior. Smith. Uh, yeah, who knows? Now, Junior, Paul Smith Junior. was one of Andre Ward's nominators, wasn't he? Yeah, I think, I so. think so. Yeah. So, you know, I've seen him knock some guys out at least. At least that's what they're showing, so. You know, if I make it out there, I'm I'm gonna I'm do my best to try to make it out there. I think B uh, Hopkins deserves that, and uh, I think it. You know, 
a good way to in the fight. And yeah, I, I don't, don't want to be yeah, there, but I, I think there's an obligation, like just to make sure it's finally gone. You know, you need witnesses. It was like after World War II was over. No, we had MacArthur right there on the battleship accepting the signature of the Japanese. I mean, MacArthur probably would have rather been doing something else, but you had to, you had to see that it was done. You, you had to handle it. You had to make sure it was a done deal. And, well, I, I might have to do that, too. I, I might have to make sure the threat of Bernard Hopkins to the hell of boxing <laughs> is finally done away with once and for all, um, just like MacArthur did on that fateful day so long ago. I'm willing to bet. That your eyes are going to be watery when that when that last bell rings too, you know. Dude, you know it's. Well, I don't know if you've ever had. I know you're married now. You got kids. I don't know what type of relationships you had in the past, but but I know a lot of us we've had exes at different particular times. And sometimes it might have been so good. She might have been a twelve on a ten scale, had the perfect body, great mind, heart, soul. But it went sour, and when it's over with, twenty years later. You're, you're not necessarily thinking back on, oh, yeah, it was so great. You're thinking about what a bitch she was at the end. Well, Bernard Hopkins was a bitch for many, many years. And let me let me, uh, let, let me qualify that when I say bitch. I, I'm talking about his character, not his – he's definitely a man in the ring. I'm never going to take that away from him. I'm not saying I can kick his ass or anybody on the show would kick his ass. I want to make that clear. He had a bitchiness is a way that I should put it, a way that he would cry and cry and cry and cry and Mm -hmm. present himself as this outsider, this rebel. And then he joined the system of the machine and he still wanted to cry in the same fashion when he was the machine at that point. That that just left a bad taste in many of our mouths. And we hated to see this from a self-professed street dude, a guy who calls himself an old head acting so bitchy on a regular basis. Old heads get bitchy, man. That's what they do. I mean, the older you get, the less that, uh, that the, the less testosterone you have, the more bitchy you're gonna be. That's just how life works, man. This, yeah, this, they get that. This, What's uh, it called? TRT, <laughs> testosterone <laughs> replacement therapy. Oh uh, yeah, that low T, uh, low T center. They got that everywhere. But uh, so yeah, yeah, I'm gonna try to be there. RC, what do you think? Ain't that far of a drive for you? What, four, five, six hours? Nah, last time I made it out to LA is about three and a half, something like that. But uh, okay. I got a technique on the freeway to where I find some people that give me a good uh, a, a speed to get there quicker. But um, yeah, I was definitely gonna go out there. I mean, I got family out there, so um, they've been asking to come down because the last time uh, went out there was when we seen the uh, Triple G fight. So. I definitely got to get back out there. I uh, got this bad one out there I got to see, so that's another reason I'm going out there. I'll see if she got any friends for you, Willa. I'll send you a picture of her. She's she bad. So I got multiple reasons why I'll be out there. This uh, for December 6th, you said? Or just, which one was it? No. The 12th December 17th. Uh, Bernard 17th. Hopkins right. is going to be at the forum on the 17th. Yeah, that's fine. I'll definitely check it out. So, yeah, I mean – I'm not. I hope I'll be the biggest Joe Smith Jr. fan there. Fuck Bernard Hopkins. I want to see him get put to sleep for once, man. At least you know old Yeller style for that old guy. Get him out of here. Fifty-one oh, years yeah. old. You know Joe Smith doesn't do that or anything less than a oh, victory. Oh, dude, just, I forgot. Come now on. I really don't. Now I'm looking forward to this at all. We're gonna have to hear about how he's fifty-something years old the whole time again. 
like, dude, this to me, this is just like the gay thing, the race thing. Now we got to hear about how old he is all day. Just fuck, dude. <laughs> Either you can compete or you can't. I don't really give a shit. Like, fucking it. Let's talk about that once you're retired. Say, damn, he still did it up to that point. But you really want to talk about your age all day? I mean, ain't there some better shit? We, I, I guess we can't talk about the opponent. Nobody cares about Joe Smith Jr. Well, what do you talk about in this fight? <laughs> yeah. oh, I guess that's all you talk about. Bernard Hopkins is old. Wow, it's a story of the last 10 fights. Fucking A. Thanks for selling it to us again. Awesome. Yeah. Well, what, what fucking Star Wars are they on right now? Like part 14? Here comes fucking Bernard Hopkins returns again. He's old. Last time he was old. Now he's older. Now he'll be the oldest. What the? Dude, okay. Awesome storyline. <laughs> Wonderful. Hey, real creative, guys. Let's put an old guy in the ring and talk about how old he is. Wow, Chris. Yeah, that that that's always going to be mentioned. He puts a. It's just like for you know a Mexican fighter, anybody pulling for someone in the race. He's got like the old people, the box, the old boxing fans, those people who. who uh, There's a way to do it right, but they won't do it right. I know what they should do. They should get a bunch <laughs> of his past opponents down there. They should let them do interviews in the middle of the ring before the fight between undercard bouts. You know, they should they should make a fucking event of it, you know? And, of course, that won't all be televised. They'll just have the last couple fights like normal. But just, you know, make make it a celebration. Don't just make it about how old he is. Make it about his career overall. I'm tired of hearing that 50-something years old shit, man. It's it's just, we we know, you know? We got it. It's understood. Like, who gets, it's like another story about Orlando Cruz being gay. Like, for real? Are you telling us anything you don't, or are you just trying to cram it down our throats? You want us to love that he's old. Okay. It's not enough that I'm informed. I need to come to the ring with a fucking sign that says 51 years old on it. Stop it. I think, uh, yeah, he, he inspires old people, whatever. But there's this guy who is in Division One college football right now who is the oldest player to play. And they're making a story to that, too, because he's 55 years old. And he uh, laced up, got a handoff or some shit. I, I'm not sure what he did, but yeah, but he's yeah, coming later, right? It. We haven't been watching him all this time. With Bernard, <laughs> it's just stupid because yeah. we know he competes. We know who he is. He's former world champion. It's not like he disappeared for 20 years and came back an old man. And that's a story. There's shit to talk about besides him being ancient. Ancient. Hey, RC, let's. Uh, we got Gomez on the line. Uh, I just noticed him right now. He's probably been holding a while. Uh, Gomez, great to have you on the program. Uh, what brings you here today? All right, it ain't working now, Gomez. You got one on your touchdown phone right now, but we're getting background noise instead of you talking. So, no harm, no foul. Last ten minutes of the program, anyways. I think what what I did is he's probably been holding a real long time, and I didn't catch it. I've been checking the switchboard because I've been so involved in this conversation with RC Willa D from the eight four three and Jelbert Janelle and you, the OTG family listener. So. Moral of the story, Vasily Lomachenko, he, he could really be something great. Bernard Hopkins, thank God he's calling a rap on the career. I might be there to witness it so that just that so I'll know it's true that he's officially over, done, gone. Um, Sergey Kovalev yeah. war, the controversy goes on. It's not going to end. People are still talking about it. Andre Ward, still no word on being willing to accept the rematch. So he still wants to pretend that uh, people are asking him to step to the negotiation table right now rather than affirm his desire to honor his obligation to face Sergey Kovalev in a rematch. 
See, those are two different things. Negotiating a fight and affirming your desire to have the rematch. To, to Anybody should be able to understand that. But unfortunately, Andre Ward is the type of guy who preys on boxing fans being idiots. It's it's horrible. It's sorry. Um, it makes me sad. I, I know what I wanted to ask you, Shug. Uh, we talked about it when you were uh, unable to be on the show, and it was just me, Willa, and uh, Nino. The uh, theatrics, the the theatrical stuff uh, at the end of the Danny Garcia fight with Samuel Vargas, uh, Keith Thurman and Garcia eye to eye. Willa, see, Willa's my guy. I, he, that's my boy. But he said that he's seen fear in Danny Garcia's eyes, and that Danny Garcia looked like the guy who's afraid. I don't know if you've seen it or not, uh, but if you did. I was wondering if I'm just seeing what I wanted to see and Will is seeing what he wanted to see. Uh, I have to honestly tell you, no, I didn't see it. Uh, No interest in Danny Garcia versus anybody on the planet. A lot of people, you know, that's me. And it's fine if you're into Thurman versus Garcia, you're allowed to be. Uh, My problem with this is it's kind of being looked at as, I don't know, two equals two champions, two guys who are about at the same place in their career type of thing. And while I'm not overly impressed with Keith Thurman, like some are, Danny Garcia has done jack shit. Like, like it, to me, if Danny uh, Garcia is in the fight, it's not a super fight. It's automatically not as big as they're trying to make it sound because Garcia is in there. If it was Thurman against... Um, Errol Spence, Kell Brook, um, I don't want to say anybody else, but any of several other fighters, Manny Pacquiao, uh, Terrence Crawford, you know, there's, I would care about the Thurman fight, but the fact that he's facing Danny Garcia, a guy who basically got handed the belt, uh, a guy who hasn't defended it against anybody, a dude who takes the most disgraceful fights in boxing and who basically laughs about it in the face of the boxing public. And not only does he get away with this, his father advocates that other fighters do the same thing, pad their record with Rod Salkas. It's on record. So everything that's wrong with boxing is the person of Danny Garcia. So I don't care what he does. I don't care who he faces. Um, Mayweather would have fought him at one point. He didn't want to fight Mayweather. Pacquiao would have fought him at one point. He didn't want to fight Pacquiao. Um, the the dude is just – he wants to pretend that he's some great fighter, but he doesn't want to fight any great fighters who want to fight him. No. I uh, can't, can't say I agree with you, my man. Um, okay, then, then maybe yeah, you know, you know, since you want to disagree, maybe what you can do is let me know the great fighters that he does want to fight and the great fighters that have offered him fights that he hasn't turned down. If you wish to disagree with me, that would be the way to go about it. Well, you know, he's, he's, just getting, uh, he's just getting acclimated at 147, a fight with Manny and Floyd. Guys getting acclimated by having the title this, handed yeah. to him. Yeah, that'll, that'll help you get acclimated, won't it? Here, you ain't got to do shit. Take this belt. No, he had to. Yeah, he, he had to take Robert Guerrero to school to get that belt. <laughs> you know. Yeah, where was Robert Guerrero at in his career? How, how did he qualify for a title shot at that time? 
Well, he was in the Money Mayweather sweepstakes at one point in time, so he got a name out there. Oh, I see. So, so you that entitles you not only to an enormous payday on fight night, it, it entitles you to a free coupon to get whatever the fuck fight you want later on as well. Hey man, and then it was uh, Mexican versus Puerto Rico. Look, could put those two together. You got a big fight on your hands. I'm surprised you didn't. Wasn't that in L.A. too? Damn, that was a fight I should have went to. Yeah, Danny Garcia has done absolutely nothing at 147 pounds. Uh, he was not His considered resume. the real deal at 40. Uh, dude, you don't. He didn't want Mayweather. He didn't want Pacquiao. Like. Dude, you got to twist his arm to get him to fight Keith Thurman. And then we got to pretend it's Mayweather Pacquiao, too. You know, we got to pretend that this is some. Again, this is a case of why didn't these guys fight already? It's not a case of, yes, they're finally fighting. There's a difference. A highly anticipated fight and an often delayed fight are two different things. This is not highly anticipated. Nobody out there is a big old Keith Thurman nut hugger. There are some Danny Garcia nut huggers. His dad's a president of the fan club. But he didn't do anything to deserve it. And he's, you know, I got Thurman. Put it that way. Do I think Thurman's great? No. Uh, Thurman, to me, he's a realer dude. Danny Garcia, just a fake guy. Uh, He's not black, but he tries to get his hair cut like a black dude. That, to me, is weak. Like, he has a barbershop. Like, because he can't go into a real black dude's barbershop to get his hair cut like a black guy because he'll be the token other dude there. And they'll all be bagging on him. He has to go get his own black barber shop so he can go in and pretend to be no. black when he gets uh-uh. That's what I see. Right. He's from he's from Philly. Ain't nobody picking on Danny Garcia. You seen the goons yeah. he was with in his last show. Oh well you didn't see but he was with hey, goons he, in his he, last he wears show. glitter se- he wears glitter sequined wife beaters with his logo on them. They say D S G and glitter sequin letters. Like he's got he's got bedazzled signature clothing line. And I wish I was joking. And then my, I don't know if it's the real Bedazzler from the infomercial, but it looks just like that shit. And I wonder if anybody was smart enough to jump on DSG.com and get some of the Black Friday deals that they just had for some of these winter clothing <laughs> deals. Thank you. <laughs> As in, said nobody who ever listened to this program. Hey, man, uh, it's getting cold out here, and he's he's got that Philly gear for you in the East Coast weather, so... Uh, you might want to jump on that. But, you know, man, it, it, Keith Thurman's resume just doesn't stack up to Danny Garcia's resume. And I think a lot of people are going to be surprised if Danny Garcia does it again. We don't have to go over this. I already know it. You, we, they already know what I think about Keith Thurman. So, I don't know. I just wonder if you've seen that. And, I'm yeah, sure, I mean, you know, I got your back and all that, man, you know. But you, you I hope Angel Garcia doesn't listen to this show with some of these comments you're making. I ain't, you know, he, I ain't he, worried he, about so both from three studios. I'll sit his ass down quicker than Ruben Guerrero did. I ain't worried about that joke. And hey, I, Nor he, will I ever say, be worried. About, not the, just him. I ain't worried about anybody who comes off anything like him at all. Like anybody who has anything in common with that dude uh, has no business even ever addressing because it will not go good for them. <laughs> Hey, he's, I don't know, man. He, he said he's from the Pablo Escobar gang, so. I don't yeah, give a, a shit. A lot of people that thought he was just well, a good. joke. That, that, that explains why he talked like he's all coked out, you know, and that explains why his son is Latino but goes white. So, awesome. I can't wait for this fight to happen. I know we got a lot of guys who are thinking that. But a lot of guys are going to be picking Thurman, so 
I was just wondering if you've seen it because no, 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 no. Keith Thurman you know was corny, Pablo, dude, man. Pablo Escobar ended up, he had a face similar to fucking Gaddafi. You know what I mean? So I ain't worried about that, dude. Nobody is. That dude's fertilizer. <laughs> well, he said that Keith Thurman no, is a cherry because they picked him like, next. They, they named some big thug. Look, I ain't going to talk no shit on Jay Prince. Jay Prince is powerful in boxing. He's powerful in the music. He's powerful in the streets. And he's walking around a free man right now. If you fuck with that man, you'll pay for it. Fuck Pablo Escobar. I don't give a fucking shit. People are so retarded. Oh, fuck. Pablo Escobar. Yeah, dude. He got his ass whooped by fucking common people at the end when the police came and got him. And they fucking took pictures next to his fucking carcass. That's really not something you fear. You (laughs) fear ending up like him. You You don't fear him. You know, that dude had to run. He, he ended up like Saddam Hussein in the end, hiding in a fucking spider hole. You know what I mean? Like, is anyone scared of Saddam Hussein right now? Yeah, that's pretty ugly. So, yeah, Angel Garcia used to roll with Pablo Escobar. How, how fucking awesome. Dude, there's some dude out there telling the story he used to roll with Saddam Hussein. That don't mean shit. Bottom line, you fucking can't even go to the lunch truck without reaching into your fucking son's pockets to buy a fucking sandwich. So... That's how you're living, fool, and I ain't worried about you. Anyhow, we'll be back next week. OTG Heavyweights of Boxing Talk coming midweek. Make sure you check out the world's number one heavyweight boxing podcast. And if the show's too much for you, if you don't like it, save my time, man. Give me a little less stress. Hang up. Don't call back. Unsubscribe. Get out of my life. If you ain't a real dude, I ain't trying to talk to you. We're back next week. This is On The Ground Boxing. We're the originals.